Hi everyone, welcome back to Love Essie the Podcast. This is episode 55, season 2. Um, we're still in January, again, similar to uh, the year that just passed. Uh, January's feeling kind of long, kind of quick, and kinda, I don't know, this month is feeling weird. Um, and I'm sure it's because, you know, <laughs> the world is a mess <laughs> right now. Anyway. This week, I am going to talk to you guys about, um, A, a book that comes out January 26th. So it's not out yet, but it literally comes out the following week. So you just have to wait like seven days-ish um, from when you listen. Um, and I also want to talk about the author of said book because she's a new author and for now this book is not her debut this is uh the third book in the series but she's got three books in the series i believe a novella and one audible uh so a total of five um works of art that's whatever i don't remember how you would phrase that five literary works don't say it. anyway she's got five five things that she's done um ever and uh she is I, like this is beyond good like you're gonna hear me gushing okay you're gonna hear me just being like oh my god <laughs> um <laughs> so anyway you're probably like are you are you gonna tell us like information of course guys of course like you know but at first i have to be all like <gasps> and then like dive in dive into it um so the book i'm talking about today is flirting with forever by Kara. i don't know if it's bastone bastoni baston i she will let us know right she will go but she will hear this and be like oh, you butchered my name ho and it will tell us anyway um this is book three in the forever yours series this is a contemporary uh from harlequin set in new york city and i it is such a good book okay i have to start by saying this i was as usual perusing instagram um and i'm pretty certain that it was at reads underscore romance who it was either her or someone else i follow on instagram who mentioned kara's first book right which you're like and what is that book i'm finding the title i and like earlier i was like i'm gonna write these titles down and i was like well, what do you need to do that for and now i'm like this is stupid um <laughs> You're all like, oh, wow, is there two or just, or just a lot? And I'm like, I know. I'm so many levels of cray cray. Well, no, seriously, where is this book? Oh, here it is. So it was called Just a Heartbeat Away. And whoever, I'm pretty sure it was at Reads Romance. Um, or sorry, at Reads underscore romance, whatever. Um, they spoke about it so highly. And I was like, or they she spoke about it so highly and i was like oh okay um i have read other recs that you have recommended um and enjoyed them so let me 
it was out, you know, available on the library app. And I started reading, um, just to harp it away and immediately was like, what the, because it was so good. Now here's the thing. I would say that Kara's books, and I feel like we see this happen in all three, um, do have a slow burn. It, you know, no one's fucking in the first 50% of the book. Like, I want to say we get through almost two thirds before you, you, but that's okay because the characterization and the emotions, so, so well done. Now, a part of me is like, do I really love this series because it's set in New York City? I live in New York City and it, she does a really, really good job of creating the New York I live in. Not creating a New York that is similar to the one I live in, but like different enough that I'm like, eh, I guess, right? There's so many things that are set in New York City because it's New York City and it's been the backdrop the scene, the stage, the the setting for so many books, TV shows, movies. And before I lived here, I would watch stuff and just be like, yeah, that's New York. Once I started living here, I'd be like, what the f- what is this? This is not the city I live in. This is not the city I ride the train from one end to the other end. What are you giving me? You know, um, some wonderful examples would be friends, um, girls. Is it girls? Whatever the fuck that show was with Lena Dunham that I was like, what is this and why is it in our lives? Um, sex in the goddamn trash city. Like, what is this world? Because it's not New York. Or maybe it is. Maybe it is for some people. But, like, I'm a black girl who isn't rich, does not have parents with money. Um, So it's not my world. <laughs> um, And so when I come across authors, especially in romance, who write a New York that looks and sounds and feels like the New York I experience when I walk out my door, when I catch the bus, when I catch the train, which I do a whole lot less now because, you know, we're in a panorama. Um, when I, you know, um, go to the bodega to get like a hammock and cheese because I'm weird or I, you know, go to the laundromat. All of those things, the, the, the heat, and how it just rises and envelops you from the concrete. And you can't even imagine like how. Anyway, all of that. When I find authors that that create on the page that my lived experience, that for me is like incredible. Because again, New York is not a setting that like, oh, like no one ever said anything in New York, like, girl, please, everyone and their mom was like, I'm gonna set it in New York, and some people have, you know, really, really hit it, you know, hit the nail on the head, and other people, I'm like, did you, did, did you come here once for a class trip, because what, what is this, what is this, so I started reading these, 
the series and was kind of like so the setting is phenomenal the characterization i mean what very well done and we're talking about people dealing with these characters aren't just like i woke up in new york city with this perfect life and no there are serious issues that are dealt with that are spoken about and she delivers Kara delivers such nuanced and complex characters who fall in love and they feel like people like they the characters feel like people that I would run into in this city and have conversations with and at at no point would I be like hmm this seems unreal and not true I'd just be like yeah like this is how this happens like so you're probably like but you're talking about the first book so anyway back to book three flirting with forever now out of the three i so the first book is just a heartbeat away um book two uh where is it i like just saw the goddamn title i swear my brain is like you know what um we're just going to like take all of the breaks can't help falling is book two so it's just a heartbeat away followed by can't help falling and now we're on with we're on to flirting with forever after i'd finished reading can't help falling and realized there was another book coming immediately went to idlewise um i put in like a request and i like wrote being like oh my god like i read the first two and it was phenomenal like I know that I'm not like the most prolific of reviewers and my platform is itty bitty but like please I beg of you give give to me this advanced reader copy because like por favor I beg of you and they were like okay girl and I was like oh sweet thank you Jesus you know thank you so but as usual life got away from me and then I was like wait it's January wait this book comes out and then literally at reads underscore romance on instagram was like i just finished learning with her and then nick um also was like oh my god like i think she screenshotted um a highlight a highlighted quote and i was like oh wait i need to get on this because it's coming out soon right so i started reading it i believe i started reading it friday night or friday afternoon maybe friday morning channel say it was sometime Friday and I finished um, yesterday afternoon and I the entire time I was reading it um, that book this book more so than the other two literally felt like a book about me and people I know you're going like what okay so let me let me give you some some more information (laughs) right so our main characters are Mary Trace she's the owner of a boutique in Brooklyn Cobble Hill is the neighborhood specifically if you are familiar with Brooklyn if you're not it's fine um and she is best friends with Sebastian she was best friends with Sebastian's wife and Sebastian is the main character in the first book right so 
the reason why Sebastian and Mary are in each other's laws is because he was married to her best friend. She passed away and um, he has a son. And of course she helped, you know, him and his son navigate that. And of course, these are the two people that were probably closest to the best friend. Uh, her name was Cora. Um, and so, you know, they are in each other's lives. And his best friend, Tyler, he is the main character of the second book. So we've got the two male best friends, right? And then she was best friends with homeboy's wife, and then his wife died. And then the three of them, you know, helped each other, you know, and specifically helped Sebastian, like, get his shit together with his son and all that jazz. Fast forward, uh, when we... When we first meet all of these characters in that first book, I believe it's been five. Has it been five years since the No, maybe not. Maybe. Mm, I don't remember. I'm guessing that it's been five years since she's passed. But I could be wrong. Anyway, so that that's when we first meet Mary. Now, this is Mary's book. Um... The, our other main character, his name is John Modesto Whitford, um, and he's a public defense attorney um, who lives in a studio in Bed-Stuy. Now, what's really like, you know, oop, there's a an age gap, and I did the air quotes, even though you obviously can't see me, because this is audio, um, but the age gap is minuscule, or not minuscule because it's not like months but it's not like you know something crazy she's 37 he's 31 so yes she's older he's younger um but it's they're both in the 30s or six years it's not like anything out of this world um and one of the things that really struck me is mary is the last of her friends of a really close friend group, which is her, Tyler, and Sebastian. Um, she's the last sort of single person standing, right? When the series starts, Sebastian's single, Tyler's single, she's single. Uh, we've, we're now in that last book, and Sebastian, you know, has a wonderful girlfriend who is, like, you know, perfect for him and his son. Tyler falls for her best friend so via is you know sebastian's new girlfriend and tyler falls for via's best friend finn um and and then we've got mary and of course mary is happy for her friends um because you know sebastian has another chance at you know love and you know a relationship and Tyler, who, you know, hadn't, I don't, don't recall if he'd ever had anything really serious with anyone, now has this, like, amazing girlfriend, and, oh, he also gets custody of his half-sister, but anyway, um, and then Mary is, like, single, and that struck me a lot, because as you're reading, it's clear that Mary is the kind of woman who, you know, obviously wants to find a partner and a family but wants to find the right person right she just does she's not just going to shack up with someone for the sake of shacking up like that's like mm, that's not doesn't seem like like maybe that's something you would do because you didn't know anybody in your early 20s or whatever but you're in your like 30s like you know what you want 
you know what you're looking for and there's no really good reason to not continue to look for that that thing that which you're looking for kind of thing and so reading mary mary i was like oh my god like i i very much felt a connection to her i mean i too am 37 living in new york city single and looking um lies i i want to look but i'm also like oh all the work dating apps gross goodbye anyway and i she felt again like this character felt like someone i knew someone i could have a conversation with about like yes it is so difficult to find someone um now the reason why they end up in each other's circles mary and john mary's um in mary's boutique she carries some of john's mother's pieces and his mom tries to set them up as you know moms are wont to do and she talks about how great of a son he is she's like okay of course i'm gonna give it a shot because like you know you're a i have a friendship with you because I saw your work and I know that you're a pretty amazing woman. So sure, I'll give your son a chance. And he blows it, lit, like blows it in the very, like the very first sentence out of his mouth. I mean, this is on the very first page. So I'm going to tell you what it is he says, even though you're probably like, but isn't that a spoiler? I mean, is it when it's on the very first page? So if you technically... um went and read a sample of said book you too would see this i don't think so so i this is in the we get through one paragraph right and then we get a line of dialogue and then the second paragraph starts this is how early john blows it he says i was expecting someone younger now you're probably like okay what do you mean how does he blow it first of all they're on a blind date anyone with sense will tell you why would you say that to a woman period even if you don't know her age and all that like what excuse me like that's the first you do not say hi you there is no acknowledgement of me as a human being in any way shape or form just i was expecting someone younger like so of course this starts them off obviously on a terrible foot and things quickly the date does not last i think she literally is like "Mm, yeah this isn't gonna work i'm gonna leave because again mary isn't some girl in her 20 or early 20s who's like well i hate that he said that but she's like i'm 37 i know exactly what i want and what i'm looking for and this is not it and that's okay but what i'm not gonna do is waste my time that's valuable on what isn't for me anyway and you're like esther isn't this a romance novel of course it is so we have to get from a scene that's a shitty first impression i'm sorry it's a terrible first impression i too would be looking at you like yeah i'm gonna go have a great time by yourself or not but i'm a go because i'm not doing this with you but as you know this is a book they are in each other's orbits more often than not 
And a lot of that has to do with his mom. Um, And we start to slowly see that there are different layers to both of them. They both have insecurities, right? They both have baggage. But we start to see that maybe Estrella, his mom, um, wasn't lying. Like maybe he is a good, sweet, you know, you know, young man. Except that that's not the surface of John. That the you gotta dig to get to that. But on the surface, oh, he's a little abrasive, <laughs> a dick sometimes, and. And there are reasons behind that. It isn't like, I'm just a dick for the sake of being one. Because so much fun to be a dick. No. Um, And we get to see as we move through this story. And we see these two characters who at first. Because like really. Like she literally is like, goodbye sir. Like I'm not doing this with you. And he's like, okay. Um, And then he apologizes. Which that I thought was like, yes. Like here's a main character who isn't like I know I fucked up but I'm not gonna say that because I don't want her to I want her to have the power over me because I admitted my wrong like he's just like nah I ain't shit I mean he doesn't say that but he acknowledges that he messed up and apologizes and doesn't try to quantify his apology with well like I'm sorry if you feel offended like nah I miss like I should not have said that I should and I am sorry da, 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 da. and as the book you know progresses we see you know John's issues because he's got them right this is not a man who's free of issues um, and we start to understand where he's coming from and why he sees things a certain way and why he has certain reactions. Um, we start to see how much he does care. But we also start to see Mary and her issues, right? Because, again, these are not perfect people. These are human characters, right? They've got their flaws. They've got their insecurities, I think what this book also does really, really well is show us the contrast in mothering. And I say that because we get to see a lot of both Mary's mother, Naomi, Naomi, whatever, and John's mother, Estrella. And the way those two women um, communicate with their children the way they try to mother their children is so, so different. And of course, the end result is so different. Um, Mary's mother is not supportive, is very, um, what is the word? Ooh, I'm blanking. I'll think, I'll keep thinking about it because... And I think it stands out, um, and I think that that was done on purpose, because Estrella, I mean, she is trying to, you know, matchmake her son and all that, John, but she's aware of, you know, wanting what's best for her son, but when she realizes that she may have taken things a little too far, she's like, wait a minute, now it's going beyond the point of me trying to help him and turning into more of it, like, this, like, be pushing something onto these two people that I care about. Obviously, I want them to be together, but like that, 
nothing like that is guaranteed and pushing it it would just you know then make me not a good person right and she clearly has a very close relationship with her son we see that I think that's one of the many ways in which Mary starts to see that even though that first impression is trash and even the following impressions I I feel like she doesn't really start to see underneath his sort of dickish exterior until you know we've been in the book for a minute but again I think because his mother is so fantastic she's like well and even when he's you know being so uh, she's kind of like well maybe there's a reason for it or maybe I'm reading too much into it but in her case in Mary's case her mother is so judgmental is so quick to poke at her daughter's insecurities to needle her and to not be a source of comfort but be a source of like pain and irritation and just negativity right and what's to me as I was reading you know nail first of all I just wanted Mary to tell her mother off like from jump because I was like "Mm, your mom no goodbye right because we're talking about a woman who's 37 years old has a successful and flourishing you know boutique in Brooklyn that she's had for five or however many years since Cora passed at five or six and you know has done all of this from scratch and yet the fact that she's not married with kids is you know basically she's worthless basically she's done nothing with her life like that that the choice to completely ignore your child's accomplishments because they aren't the ones you wanted them to accomplish as if they aren't living their life um that feeling of like well this is what you have to do and constantly being like oh you're getting too old you're gonna be alone you're gonna die alone you're not gonna be able to have kids that constant like negative background backtrack laugh track no not laugh track wrong word anyway that and you're that person's mother right like what and in both cases right we're talking about only children mary and john are only children um to their parents technically john has a half brother because his father because that that john's issues stem from his father abandoning him and his mother because you know dad was like oh he has blue eyes he's not my son we both have brown eyes and i don't know how genetics work so he can't be my son i'm a white dude with brown hair and brown eyes but I can't fathom the thought of blue eyes showing up in my family tree ever. So clearly you uh, must have cheated. So I'm out. And to later be like, actually, you sound exactly like my father. Who could have guessed it? Who could have thunk? Like that to me, I was just like, so John's father was a fool. Because to like, sir, so you're a white man. Like. You telling me no one in your family tree ever had blue eyes? Get out. Anyway, that's a whole other. So John John and Mary both are single 
you know, only children um, in terms of like how they grew up. But John had a mother or has a mother who is supportive of him. Yes, she, you know, is trying to set him up and whatever, but she's not um, belittling his achievements. She's proud of what he's accomplished. Mary's mother, Naomi, doesn't care that her daughter has accomplished things because her daughter isn't married with kids. And as far as she's concerned, those are the two things that really matter and are really important. Um, And a lot of that has seems to stem from the fact that her older sister, who never got married and never had kids and then died of cancer, it's like her mind has made this like illogical leap of like, well, she had no one. And, you know, then cancer came and then it was a wrap. And it's like, well, um, that's not really how that works. Um, Because then, you know, everyone would be talking about how the cure for cancer was being in a relationship. But like, no. Anyway, so seeing that, we get to see how these two characters, we get to see how Mary and John deal with, you know, their mothers, uh, deal with each other and their, how... their relationships with their mothers impact how they communicate with each other. Um, I feel like, I don't feel like there's a misunder, you know, misunderstanding in this book, but I do think that both Mary and John do take a while to be completely honest with each other about how they're feeling about each other. But it comes back to immediately at the beginning when they first met, there was such a like lines drawn in the sand too old and not you know on the list on both their parts that they are both in their heads being like I'm falling for this person but like I'm too old for him or he thinks we're I'm way too old for him and he's thinking I'm falling for this woman but I fucked up and I'm not even on her list of potential so I'm an idiot for falling for her because it's not going to turn out like I'm going to get my heart broken. And she's thinking I can't fall for him because he doesn't want me. He's not attracted to me. So th- what am I doing? But it doesn't ever feel like, oh, guys, guys, guys. Like, you know, it does. It, because I think that they, due to their insecurities, right? And due to the fact that they started in such a negative place, it does take a while. Because... The rejection has already happened and been pretty, like, rough. So why would you try and risk it again? Like, that's like, girl, I know you won't be all like, ew, gross, you too old. I mean, that's not what happens. But that's what you're thinking in your head. Like, we already did this. And you were like, nah, ew. Um, and not like, ew, like, you didn't say, ew, gross. But it, the way in which he says it is very abrasive and abrupt and so of course she's like i'm not putting myself out there like that what now um reading this also made me think because going back to what i said earlier about how mary when we reach this book mary is now the only friend in the fen in the friend group that is single right because she's friends with via and finn um she loves those two women who are partners to her two best friends but like that means all four of these people are in relationships and here she is like the odd one out 
And I really uh, enjoyed reading how, because I think that sometimes, you know, we don't have enough conversations about how it is perfectly normal to want to also be in a relationship. And it isn't about like, I'm jealous of them or, uh, no, you love your friends and you love that they are happy and you're so excited for what, you know, the future will bring for them. But you want to also have that. And so, of course, there's the, the like, how do I get there and how do I get that? And in Mary's case, because she's older and she's got her mother in one ear whispering like, you're too old, you're too old, you're too old, you're, you're past your prime, you're past your prime, you're past your prime. And then she does meet this one man who's like, oh, girl, I thought you was going to be younger, not understanding that his thought process was completely different. I mean, he said that and meant it, but he didn't mean it in the way she thought. She is thinking like, maybe... I did spend too much time focusing on getting um, my career or my shop going. But, but, you're probably going, what, what, Esther? One thing that I think it took me a minute to really like, for it to really click. And then later I understood. Mary loses her aunt, Tiff, who is the one who leaves her the store in Brooklyn, but the apartment above the shop. And her best friend, I think, within the span of a year um so her aunt dies of cancer and then her best friend is killed in a drunk driving accident so once you once once that really clicked for me I was like okay we're talking about someone who is having to navigate a world in where two of the women who she was closest to are gone and not like off on a cruise somewhere gone right they are no longer of the earth they have actually returned to the earth and she has to navigate that and grief especially that level of grief that takes time that takes energy you don't have time to be dating especially in a city like new york where things move at lightning speak you are mired in the emotional fallout of you know people you believed would be your cornerstones for the rest of your life no longer being there now the book because we meet mary when we do the book isn't about grief but the book acknowledges that grief is ever present right that yes the passage of time allows you to be able to remember the good the bad and the ugly without literally falling apart but you'll have moments where you wish you could call your best friend you'll have moments where you wish you could share that funny customer story with your aunt and you can't and that's when grief is like hey how's it going did you miss me i'm here (laughs) what's up what's good what's popping tell me share with the class and you're just like hey yeah i thought no go away so reading this i was just like 
I loved so Cora called Mary Mary freaking Trace. I wonder if that's like PG and she was like Mary fucking Trace. Anyway, that shortens to MFT. And I loved that. I loved that Mary having gone through that grief, having seen, you know, intimately um, that kind of pain and suffering isn't like, I am closed off to the thought of love. Fuck love. Absolutely not. It ain't for me. No, she's looking for it. She would like it. She accidentally um, signs up to the wrong kind of app. Um, And she's putting herself out there. Um, It's just, it's hard because the New York City is filled with way too many people um and it gets real real hard to narrow shit down and then we've got john who is this like younger single guy who's got issues about money um who is a public defender living in a studio in brooklyn in bedside and has limited funds and so we get to see john dealing more with his own insecurities and issues around money and the lack of it um and how he then relates to mary and his father and to some to a smaller extent his brother his half brother uh because of that right um because for john you know his father left and his mother had to obviously work really hard and he doesn't he tracks down and like goes sees his father once he's 18 and at that point his dad's like i can give you money because like i realize that you are obviously my son because you literally sound like my father your grandpapa who has just died um and john's kind of like i don't want you you know very much that like fuck you i don't want your money like i just want you i just want you to acknowledge that you were wrong about my mother she ain't cheat you just stupid kind of thing but of course, what like John is younger and you know sees Mary as this like older not he's not even thinking older, he's just thinking she's established, she has money, and here like what do I have to offer her? I'm a public defender, I live in a studio now he has a cat named Ruth, and his cat sounds hilarious there was um the way he described his cat made me laugh and so i had to um highlight it because i was like oh my god he writes he knew that plenty of cats had reps for being flirty and aloof but ruth was not one of them she was a straight up floozy giving it up for free every day of the week and i'm just like oh i love i love that description of the cat because it's like you can tell that she's a very affectionate cat um and it's just like also i don't know why but to me it like gave me also like kind of insight into like how john like sees certain things um and there are some beautiful i think there are some really beautiful sentences that or moments that i'm like um like the this is also very early on this is Mary, um, Mary's thought. She goes, the worst part of it was right now, this very moment, standing in her own doorway when she couldn't call Cora, her best friend of all time. 
whom Mary had only had 10 short years with before Cora had been killed in a car accident. And again, going back to the grief that the realization of like, you have those moments where you really want to reach out to that person because they would be the person, but you can't. And you are once again in that like, great, like, what what do we do? And then another one that I really was like, ah, like, this was more... humor and also like made me think of like you know I've met people from New York City born and raised who really haven't been anywhere and I've sometimes been like interesting um but this line from John I was like oh okay this is that person he goes or he's thinking it always baffled John who'd been born and raised in New York City when people left the city He knew the world was wide, but what could possibly be happening out there that wasn't already happening in here? And I was just like, oh my God, like that reading that again made me think this is the New York that I've lived in. I've met people like this who are just kind of like, like, I know that there's a whole world out there, but like for what? I live in New York City. I don't need to go anywhere. Shit happens here. I'm good. And you're just like, interesting and then another thing that maybe again because i am of lower income um that i was like oh my god i loved the imagery of it again i feel like it explains so much about your experience in the city when you aren't rolling in the dough um again from john's uh point of view A few times a year, John allowed himself to splurge on a quart of fresh squeezed orange juice. He would literally set his alarm 15 minutes early on those mornings so that he could sit down with a cup and truly enjoy it. It was such a bright way to start his day. But then, inevitably, the quart would run out and he was back to his lone cup of black coffee. It wasn't that the black coffee was bad. It was just that juice was better. And listen, you might be thinking, girl, a quart of fresh squeezed orange juice? Like, really, though? First of all, that shit ain't cheap. You've ever, like, it's not cheap. And so when you are on a limited budget, there are things that you can splurge for once in a while, but cannot be staples. And so you have those moments um, those moments in time where you're like, okay, like I've been pretty good financially and this isn't going to decimate, you know, the budget, my life, all that jazz. And it's something so simple, right? It's literally fresh squeezed orange juice. So, so simple, but so, so meaningful when you can start your day with it and it's a treat and yes you will have to go back to like he says the black coffee um but I loved the idea of him being like I'm gonna set my alarm to make sure that I can wake up early enough 
that I can enjoy this juice without having to rush, without having to run, without having to go, you know, glug it down because I got to get to the train because I got to get to work. No, no. In fact, I will adjust my schedule to really fully and completely enjoy this luxury that I have chosen to give to myself. Once it's over, you know, back to turn off the alarm, girl. We're going to (laughs) go right back to sleeping the extra 15 minutes. But when we when we do this, we do it right. And to me, that speaks so much about John. Like all of this whole book, I just kept being like, I really like both of these characters. Even with John's like, sir, how dare you say that out of your mouth nonsense. The very first page. Kara redeems him in a way that is so, so well done. That when you get to the end of this book, you are like, you are so happy. They are together and happy. You root for both of them. You are happy for both of them. You are just ecstatic that it turned out as well as it did um and it just i really 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 appreciated and enjoyed the happy ending all of it because as i said earlier i too am like oh no is is time getting away from me um and so it's nice to read a contemporary that feels very realistic because sometimes I read contemporaries and I'm like I know that this is set right now or you know in the nows ish but like no I don't like this these people don't seem real these are not people I would ever come across this is a figment of your imagination which valid all the (laughs) everything written um in Vichunis but mm, no I don't like it it's bad but this is like so well done because it's so so true to the setting and these characters again are characters that I feel like I would see or run into in this city not characters that I'm like oh yeah I mean, lovely people, but like, where? What? No, I can imagine a Mary in Cobble Hill with her store. And imagine a John who's a public defender living in a tiny studio in Bedside, right, with a cat. I can picture them. And they don't feel foreign to their setting they fit right into their setting. So I'm going to pause here because I know I've talked a lot. Um, and then I'll be back because, you know, I just said I'm pausing, not that I'm done. <laughs> yes, yes, I'll be back. Okay, so I'm back. Um, and as you heard me expound for quite some time, Flirting with Forever by Cara Bastone is a wonderful, wonderful book. And if you've never read her, please go right ahead, 
search for her books. Um, there'll be a link to her website in the show notes. Um, either, you know, if, if you've got the coin, purchase them. If you ain't got the coin, the library, girl, the library, um, because they're all really, really well done. And if you happen to be, you know, in your late thirties and, you're okay with reading a book that maybe hits a little close to home. Flirting with Forever is perfection. Perfection. Um, I really, really enjoyed the book, the series. Um, I am excited to see what Kara comes out with next. The two that I haven't read are the novella and the... Um, eh, what is it called? with the with the words oh my god audiobook the audible i was like what is what is the thing with the words like as if like that makes helps anybody those are the two that i haven't read um so the novellas when we when we first met and then the audible book is um call me maybe am i making that up i might be you might be like, actually, Esther, that is not what it is called at all, you, you fool. No, it is called Call Me Maybe. Yes. The brain. The brain worked. Um, so those I haven't yet checked out. Uh, Call Me Maybe is an Audible original. So you have to be a part of Audible, which I am not. Sorry. Um, so if that ever gets released, um, oh, if that ever gets a wide release or ends up in the library, I'm going to be all over it. And, uh, sorry. You're like, wow, really, girl? Like, hey, guys, don't you love it when I make strange sounds? Um, and yeah, and when we first met, I'm going to uh, probably put that on hold um, or borrow it from Celebrity and uh, read it very soon. Um, but I'm really looking forward to what she comes out with next. She's definitely an author that I will constantly be like, what are they saying on Twitter, on Instagram? Where's, where's the next book? Um, she might be like, oh, no, the pressure. I'm so sorry. But you you gave us three. At least I've read three impeccable books. So I have to stand. It's what happens. Had you given me, like, one good one and the other two, I was like, oh, I don't know what happened. Aliens took over her body, um, but that's not what you did. You created three fantastic books with characters that, you know, I want to be, wow, someone's honking for no good reason outside. I want to be friends with. And I almost want to be like, sir, why are you honking? Because uh, somebody double parked in front of you? Anyway um welcome to new york guys people honk for the most ridiculous reasons Mm, yeah um so also um i wanted to uh do the gratitude latitude portion of the podcast because i'm going to be doing that all year um i don't know that gratitude latitude is the best name but i haven't come up with that no so you know that's what we're gonna go with until i either figure something else out or i just love gratitude latitude so much that that's all i say anyway 
three things that I am grateful for this past week. Um, so one, I got to, um, wow, brain fart. (laughs) I went to Trader Joe's. You're probably like, that's what you're, no, I went to Trader Joe's and I got carnations. So I don't do it all the time. I do, I, I try to be regular about it, but sometimes I fall off about getting fresh flowers when I go to Trader Joe's because especially with everything going on, um, it just has felt like a nice sort of way to, you know, brighten up a corner of my, you know, room. Um, and so I typically will go in and I never get the already made bouquets. That just doesn't really appeal to me. But I'll usually like pick a flower and some filler and then come home and just, you know, pretend that I know what I'm doing. All I know is to cut them at an angle proverbially at least an inch off that's pretty much all i can tell you about flowers and flower arrangements that's you know and changing the water and putting in the the plant food or flower food whatever that's that's it anyway i was able to go to trader joe's and like i said i normally get like one like a carnations and filler or roses mini roses and filler i don't get regular roses it's a little pricey um or is it astrolomeria anyway or have i no i get mums i don't get gerber daisies because again cost um and then there's something some other flower whose name i still don't know which is really pretty but that bitch sucks up water like nobody's business like she's just like i'm thirsty always forever like jesus sometimes i'll be like could you not like you just sucked it anyway that's what i usually do but this time I really liked three different um, carnations. So there was a white, this like purpley lilac-y pink, and then this like almost like fuchsia-y color. And I was kind of like, because at first I was just going to get the white carnation and maybe one of the two pink pinks and then throw in some filler. But I was like, I really just want all carnations. So I'm really thankful that I was A, able to go to Trader Joe's, and B, I was able to, you know, get myself some some carnations and create a cute little... I mean, I'm sure if you were really into flower arrangement, you'd be like, this is trash. And I'd be like, you're right. But it makes me smile. So that's okay, right? Because one person's trash is another person's treasure. <laughs> uh, such a statement. Anyway, the second thing that I am grateful for this week um so when i was out and about i got i stopped by tj maxx this is another material thing but whatever and um i got myself matching pj sets um and i absolutely love it i'm very excited i haven't ever really owned pajamas i've just like designated like this dress that i no longer wear out and about will turn into a pajama or this like old t-shirt and these shorts i no longer want to wear in public are gonna be a pajama but i decided i was going to buy real pajamas for myself right that like came or considered a pajama not just clothes that i decided to sleep in and 
I'm so very excited to wash and wear these because I tried them on obviously when I got home and um, they fit and they feel so comfy and I'm just like oh my god I've got a real pajamas next up is getting myself a real bro because I don't have that either yeah I know strange but I don't have one so that'll be like the next sort of purchase um and then the third rude someone upstairs was just loud anyway the third thing that i'm really grateful for this week so i was able to go for a really long walk this weekend um and i was i felt so thankful that i was able-bodied and could go out for a long walk and see it was like a you know one of those days that's like kind of cloudy so like the sun's there and then it goes away because clouds and then it comes back or and sometimes you can see like the sun just like beaming through a little, a little patch of space in between the clouds and it looks all very like you know movie like whatever um and i felt just so glad that I physically was in a position where I could go out on my own and walk. Um, I tend to when I go for, especially because I don't really <laughs> leave my house Monday through Friday. It's like I work and when I get off work, I'm always like, usually around 2 p.m. I'm like, I'm going to take a walk after work. You know, 5.36 comes around and I'm like, yeah, I'm not. It's dark and I don't want to and I'm tired and it's cold and that's some crazy talk. Let me just, you know, go get comfortable in a different corner of my room. But on the weekends, I do like to make the attempt to like go outside and walk anywhere from two miles to... Uh, a few times I've kind of like just been so in the zone like I'm walking and the music is great and I'm just having a good and like later um when I get home and I'm like oh my god my ankles hurt my feet hurt my hips hurt my knees hurt and I, I, I look at the activity app on the iPhone and it's like your dumbass walked uh, 11 miles and then I'm like that may have been that may have been excessive for one day <laughs> that may have been a bit much a bit high a bit like eh, what were you thinking um but i am so thankful that i'm able to right because very easily one can end up with disabilities where you are not able to go out for a six mile walk <laughs> um and it just for me feels i've i literally I, I was walking and the sun was doing that whole peekaboo thing and i was like this is this is so nice that i'm able and capable and i'm so thankful because you know not everyone has that and not only that there are people who one day were like me fully capable and then something happened and they were no longer capable of doing that kind of a walk, of being outside um, and all that that entails. So I just felt really like I'm so glad that I can do this. Like I can make a goal of 10,000 steps and like achieve it. 
So those are the three things, you know, two very like, I bought stuff and it made me feel good. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Retail therapy. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Um, <laughs> wow, that was terrible. Anyway. And then, of course, one that was more like, oh, my God, I can do stuff for myself. I feel good. Um, this upcoming week, right, this comes out on Monday, which in the United States is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Some of you will have it off from your job. Some of you won't because capitalism. Um, and then um, Wednesday is the inauguration. So this is not going to be an easy week, right? So I want to say to all of you who are listening, and I'm sure that you'll hear this coming from lots of places. Do everything you can to feel as comfortable and as safe and as cared for as possible for yourself. Um, there's going to be a lot going on and it's very easy to doom scroll. I mean, so, so easy and it's very easy to fall into, you know, the anger, the despair, the just unrelenting stress of it all. So I want you guys, and this is also a reminder to myself, to do whatever you can, whether it's watching cat videos, dog videos, sea shanty TikTok videos, Bridgerton musical videos, um, watching old TV shows that bring comfort like Golds and Girls and Designing Women and family matters and you're probably like family matters is not that old doesn't i'm like i mean yes and, and no like there's clearly a whole generation that is probably like what is family matters and there's the rest of us um listening to your favorite music uh whether it is current music whether it's older uh was hanging out with a friend and we watched you know some old music videos like some 41 and Avril Lavigne and Fall Out Boy and you know find the things that will bring you as much comfort and feeling of I am going to be okay and indulge in them you know eat all of the things that make you feel happy and joyful I mean don't go crazy especially if when you eat those things that make you feel full of joy you later have a horrible reaction because you know you want to balance it all but you know and don't be all like i have to like i feel like this would be the week to be like if salads don't bring joy to your life maybe maybe don't eat them but if salads do bring joy to your life girl go to town um i just want you guys to wrap yourselves up in loving and caring of yourself right in filling your cup up right let's use some phrases um because it's 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 it's, we don't know right we have no idea maybe it'll maybe it won't be a crazy news week i laugh (laughs) because what the fuck but whatever it ends up being um 
be kind to yourselves, which I know is so much easier said than done. Because, God, negative voices in our heads are just like, bitch, you're trash. Bitch, you suck. And you're like, bitch, if you don't shut the fuck up and go away. But try, right? And seek out those who always make you feel good and... If you listen and you love romance, I would say read some more. Um, and if you're struggling with like getting into a book, try some novellas, right? If you're like, mm, still not really feeling it. There is an app. It's called Webtoons. It's free. You sign up and you can read like graphic, not like it's comics basically. But there's like a buzz- there. There's a romance section, a fantasy section, a slice of life. Like, the list is endless so you can find different romances on there if you like greek mythology lore olympus l-o-r-e um is phenomenal um let's play which is a contemporary is on hiatus but if you're starting it um like they're coming back with season two um they're working on it but if you're just starting i think there's like 80 episodes or yeah they call them episodes or i call them episodes anyway 80 things parts whatever you want to call them there's all of that and sometimes like visually sometimes i can fall into that and get engrossed and enjoy that in a way that sometimes it's harder when it's like a book with words if you're into audiobooks listen to some audiobooks remember library apps um i live in new york so we don't have hoopla or I haven't figured out how to use it. You might be like, actually, Esther, you just have to do X, Y, Z. But I is dumb and have not do not know. But there's the Libby Library app. Um, so yeah, just look for your public libraries like app or see if they're on Libby, and listen to some audiobooks. Um, if you're really into mobile games, um, you know the Match Threes, which is what Candy Crush is. So anything like that where you're you have to match three things and da da da, you know. Um, the mystery ones, the idle clickers, the whatever, just dive into it. The merge ones where you gotta merge stuff and that gives you other stuff and, you know, dive into it. If you're into video games, um, I know very little. I've heard Breath of the Wild is amazing. And I've heard that from another podcast I listen to. Uh, listen to podcasts. Maybe listening to people talk about stuff that they're really excited and passionate about will make you feel happy and excited and passionate or and you never know you might end up listening to a podcast episode about anything that will get you like so keyed up about something that may turn out to be like one of the most fun things you've ever done on a not on a tangent i mean it's within the bubble of this convo i guess um i've definitely noticed that i keep paying attention to birds a lot um i always have like liked so growing up as a kid we had ring neck doves um we had two we called them minino and minina um from you know a weird way of saying mi nino and mi nina but like we're kids and whatever um minino um I foolishly and this like I was heartbroken um I would sometimes like holding him in my hand be out on the balcony with him 
and one day he got out of my hands of course because he's a bird and he was and he flew up into a tree and we weren't able to get him back into the house (sighs) i will always live with that guilt but you know i'm grown now and meaning that ashley passed away i want to say in 2011 because i was already living in new york um when she had passed which was very very sad anyway i grew up with rain night doves so i was sort of like like i've liked pigeons i remember as a kid really being into birds of prey like when we had i don't remember what grade we were in but when they were like birds of prey i was like ooh, and i i feel like i wanted an eagle or an osprey as a pet my mom was kind of like girl but no (laughs) absolutely not um but I've always like just loved birds, but I definitely have noticed that I've been paying way more attention. Like I will be out with friends or by myself or whatever, and just be like looking at the sky and be like, oh, the wings of some sort of hawk or falcon or something, because it's not flapping, you know, it's not doing what pigeons do or crows or. So I'm thinking that I might want to look into bird watching, right? Like, and I too will be, you know, with my binoculars in Central Park looking for the birds. Um, because I, I legit get a little too excited about it. So you never know. Like, you might find that you're really into, uh, I don't know. I don't know. There are so many things. Just because you listen to a really awesome podcast. Um, if you're into crafting right now, go for it. Just find the things that bring you joy and peace and comfort and try to do them as much as you can as you know breaking news is being screamed out every literal second um because the stress of this is not good for us and um i'd like for us to not have our lifespans shortened um by a few years because of all the stress um so you know uh i was gonna say something else Ooh. also um coming up in i believe this one's out in february um wild rain by beverly jenkins i'm very excited about this i mentioned it obviously in the other episode about like new releases i'm excited about February 9th um I will probably be talking about that because I also have an advanced reader copy of that I cannot wait to get started on that um but yeah just like oh my god another thing for you to look forward to wow can we not honk for no reason rude um so I think that's pretty much it for this week Carabastone is awesome flirting with forever is a incredible book and when it comes out January 26, 2021, you should get it. You should definitely get it. Because I, you're going to... It's... Mary and John are just a very wonderful couple. Oh, and I also really like that their names are so regular. Mary, John. Just real... None, none, nothing out there. Just people with names. They probably had other people in their classes with the same name anyway um really enjoyed it i think you guys will too 
so yeah, that's all I got for y'all this week. Come back next week for more talk about romance. <laughs> Duh. Um, I have begun Bridgerton. I will speak about it when I have fully finished it. Um, because I don't know how I will feel. Because, you know, there's a lot happening. But yeah, the, yeah, that's it for this week. Again, thank you all so much for listening. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I will uh, talk at you guys next week. Bye.